eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Sunday Skate with Scott McLaughlin and Andrew Razor Raycross. Brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market. Perfecting the art of fresh on WEEI. Marshawn closes. Looks for a seam to Bergeron. Bergeron fights it clear. DeBrusque scores! Welcome back, Jake! It was a really weird feeling actually before the game. I felt that I was obviously focused and determined, but I've been waiting for this day for a while. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to get a goal. I just wanted to get the first one. It was, it was great play by Marshy. And to get that even after the goal, it felt a little bit weird to be out there. Uh, the game of hockey, it's at such a high pace, and there's lots of different reads and things. And uh, it was a good feeling out game for sure. It was a big one by our team. season is over, so Sunday Skate returns. I'm Scott McLaughlin from WEI and WEI.com, here with Andrew Raycroft. You know him as Nesson Analyst, former Bruins goalie, host of the Morning Brew podcast. Oh, got it in. WEI contributor, everything. <laughs> we got we got Bridget Prue behind the glass, my fellow Skate Pod co-host. Uh, we're going to get into lots of stuff. Plenty of trade rumors now with just under two weeks until the trade deadline. We will touch on uh, apparently the favorite Bruins topic of this station now over the last few days, which has been the possibility of trading Jeremy Swayman. We will get to that. But, Razor, I want to start with the games on the ice because I think this past week has been a big one for the Bruins. Uh, they had lost four or five wrapped around the All-Star break. That That was the thing that happened. They bounced back this week with... Three big wins. They beat a really good Dallas Stars team on the road. You know, Western Conference leading Stars. They blow out the Nashville Predators. And then yesterday they blow out the New York Islanders 6-2. to two. Jake DeBrusque returns. We just heard the call of his goal early in the game. Uh, get a lot of depth scoring. But I felt like, you know, look, these weren't must wins. Their, their record's too good to have must wins at this point. But they did need to get back on track and not let those losses uh, pile up any more than they were. Exactly. We knew they were going to have a stretch where they lost four or five or they got points and didn't get wins. And you just want to make sure that 
it wasn't going to be eight of nine games that they lost. You didn't want, you wanted to make sure that the luster hadn't, you know, gone away while they were in the Bahamas and in Turks and Caicos on their all-star break. So, so yeah, in, in those respects, it, it was important this week to, to bounce back from the, the Washington loss and the sluggishness of, of coming out of that break. And I think the Dallas game is the big one for them to come from behind on the road against a big, strong, long team that is playoff ready. That, that shows you that this group is without Jake DeBrusque. I think that's Jake DeBrusque coming back Saturday is also the the secondary point of the week in, uh, but, but that win in Dallas shows you that this group can play a hard game on the road, find a way to win games three, games four of a series in the first round without having their best and coming from behind and having to kill off a five on three, a four on three. That that shows the moxie of the group. And then Jake DeBrus coming back yesterday, scores on the first power play, automatic. The puck starts moving around a little bit better. He gets it to the front of the net and you feel relief in the fact that this group, oh, yeah, it, it is really deep. Oh, when everyone gets slotted properly in the lineup, oh, they are really hard to play against. Oh, they do have all the matchups. Oh, Trent Frederick can play center at some point in his career. Oh, this all kind of works out really well. Yeah, and it's crazy when you think about ex- it was exactly one year ago today, Jake DeBrus got demoted to the fourth line. He was in a prolonged slump that was going on almost two months. He had the open trade request, and it was right around this time that he started to turn things around last season. Uh, A couple games later, he gets promoted to the first line and really hasn't looked back. He finished last year strong, you know, rescinds the trade request over the summer. Uh, Obviously, you know, there is the link to Bruce Cassidy getting fired. I don't think the timing was a total coincidence there. Uh, Then is having a great season. He's playing the best hockey of his career before he gets hurt, and you know when he when he first went down, you you didn't think the Bruins missed him all that much right away because they're still beating up on some bad competition. I think this you know this mini slump that they went through facing some tougher competition, you start to see how important DeBrusque is, and you start to see that yeah they actually do miss him. Uh, you know they kind of struggle to fill that spot on the top line without him. Uh, you know Craig Smith would have some good games, and other times he be a little quiet like he has been uh, for a lot of this season. They'd move Pasenak up, but then that would take away from Krejci and Zach on the second line. You know, they tried the Taylor Hall experiment, flipping him to the right side. That didn't really go well. And then when you just mentioned the power play, you know, that was struggling. It was 0 for 20, and they had broken out of it Thursday night. They got a power play goal from Berger on Thursday night. But you see that right away yesterday, how important DeBrusque is, where – He's so good in that net front role and not just in the sense that he can screen the goalie or deflect shots, but he makes plays. He makes plays in tight. They can run plays through him, and he's so much more dynamic than you know some of the op- other op- options that they tried there. No question. He's, his ability to retrieve pucks, his ability to have the hockey sense necessary at the top of that crease to be able to recognize when it's a rebound, when he has to open up to take a pass – when he has to get down to the corner to be an option to relieve pressure. And the other point of, of Jake DeBrus being out of the lineup is, is Thomas Nosek. So, so when you lose both of those guys, I think what we saw is 
a team that's really, really good that won 10 of 11 games. But then you also saw what happens in the National Hockey League when you have a bunch of injuries and guys are playing out of their position for an extended period of time of more than one week or more than three or four or five games. And the season starts piling up and it starts to compound. You can't get out of these little slumps without getting healthy guys back. And that's why injuries are such a big issue in the league. If you lose someone for five, six weeks, at some point that does catch up to you. And the Bruins have been fortunate to this point to only have it happen to DeBrusque. But I think we saw it a little bit with Forbert as well when he was out line. The PK started to struggle at the end because you have guys in and out of that position that, that really can't sustain it. So it, very important to have Jake back. And it, it, the timing of it is good because... Don Sweeney, the organization, can really see this team for what they are for four, five, six games and have that refreshed in their brains while they're making decisions going into the trade deadline. Yeah, because we've also seen some teams at least start the process of closing the gap on the Bruins. And, you know, whether that's on the ice with teams like Tampa and Carolina beating them just before the All-Star break and, you know, maybe gaining a little confidence in that head-to-head matchup, or the Rangers going out and trading for Vladimir Tarasenko, the Maple Leafs going out and trading for Ryan O'Reilly. Those are big trades. Those are teams that are saying we're in it. You know, we're not we're not just going to roll over and let the Bruins win the conference. Like they're not subscribing to the theory that this is the Bruins' year. So you see those teams making those moves, and you know when the Bruins lose a few games, you kind of start to wonder, okay, like. How much better are they really than some other teams in conference? How big is that gap? And to your point, now you get to brush back and you get that full reading of exactly where you are. Uh, and just, again, these three big wins help your group get confidence again that, yeah, we're still the best. Yet These other teams are making moves. They might pick off a win from us here and there, but we're still the team that's that's being chased. These guys are all trying to get to our level that they're better than everybody they they really are the carolina's close carolina will be a, a tough matchup but the way the the way it's going to set up this season also changes some of the narrative that we had last year where they not quite sure are they getting tampa are they getting carolina I, I, we sat here a year ago and talked about what the best matchup was for them now it, it's kind of irrelevant because Toronto and Tampa are going to play each other. So who knows who wins that? You don't know who you're getting in the second round if you want to play this game. And then, obviously, you're not seeing New York, Carolina, New Jersey. You're not going to see any of those teams. You're not going to see two of them for sure. One of them you're not going to see until eight weeks into the playoffs. And who knows what everyone looks like at that point. So that's also the beauty of the trade deadline talk and and the matchups and are these teams closing the gap. The, the reality is we talk about five, six, seven teams. It only matters two of them. And and that's in the best case scenario for those teams and for the Bruins. So it does change. I, I feel like the matchup playoff matchup, that narrative and, and who's good in the East changes a lot compared to what we talked about last year because the Bruins aren't going to have to worry about it until at least 14 days into the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then we, as we know, the second round is complete different animal than the first. So uh, it, it is it is a luxury where the Bruins are, and and to have that ability to let the other teams beat each other up rather than being the one that's in a situation where they're playing the Leafs in the first round, they're playing Carolina in the first round, and they're part of that 
that that war of attrition of the first round. They they get to jump over that a little bit this season. Not to say it's a cakewalk. I won't say that because one of these teams in the wild card are are gonna we're gonna be able to talk ourselves into ways of how they're tough matchups for the Bruins, but it's not to the same level of Carolina like last season. Yeah, to your point, like just looking at the standings, both divisions in the Eastern Conference, the top three have completely separated themselves. Yeah, they're you know, locked. T- Tampa's third in the Atlantic, and they are 11 points ahead of fourth place Florida. Rangers are third in the Metropolitan, and they're 12 points ahead of Pittsburgh and the Islanders. So you have all these teams bunched up battling for the wild card spots, battling for those last two spots. Uh, but, yeah, the top three set in, in the Bruins division – most likely they're set as the number one seed. Yeah. You know, the 13 points clear of Toronto, nothing's clinched yet, but you pretty much know, to your point, like it's going to be Toronto versus Tampa, so one of them is getting knocked out right away. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. It is absolutely nuts. That, and, and, again, on the other side, it's the Rangers. I, I feel very comfortable saying it's going to be the Rangers and it's going to be New Jersey. Carolina's five points up, I think, we, we've seen how hard it is to gain five points on a good team at this time of year. It just, it feels like it's only, well, it's only three games you have to win, but it, it, you're just not, you, you are what you are at this point, and five points is a lot to catch up. So with that side, we've got New Jersey and the Rangers playing each other. And as surprising as New Jersey's been, they've, they've had some struggles midseason, and then they've been in, found ways to turn it around, and they have... A 21-4 and 3 record on the road. Like they're gonna be a tough out as well. So though the, all these these first round matchups are, are essentially locked in at the two three spots in both divisions. Yeah, so as we look around the conference, mentioned what the Rangers and Leafs have done. We're gonna get into what the Bruins need to do, but Razor, what do you think we've learned about this team recently as their depth has been tested? Are are they good? Do they need to add? They're going to add. It, that is just because you have to add. You have to do a little something at the deadline. Now, I, I am not the subscriber. Uh, you don't need a Vladimir Tarasenko. You, you, you don't. There's not anything that you look at this lineup and they specifically need X, Y, and Z, which which is nice. It's a it's a great uh, it's a great luxury to have. But certainly you need depth. You need guys that are willing to be 13 forward, 7. Diff- the, the, the back end always is going to be an injury. And, and they've been so fortunate to have all six of them playing as well as they have. But it's, it's the law of averages when you're playing 28 playoff games that someone's going down. And, and when you, you have the, the expectations the Bruins have, there, are, there is depth necessary. Uh, but I, I don't see where it's like they need a right wing for the power play or they need that. That's the, the beauty that that Don Sweeney has is that he can put a few different lines in the in the water and, and see what comes up from that. Are you surprised at all by the way that obviously it's great that they've had their six defensemen healthy, but that they haven't even made an attempt to do any sort of rotation or get a guy like Jacobs of Borrell in or even, you know, Mike Riley and Anton Strahlman and down in Providence like. Because I look at that and it's like, well, those guys have all played in the NHL and could potentially be dev pieces that help you at some point. But I don't know how you could possibly have a clear read on just where those guys are because it's been so long since any of them have played in in an NHL game. They don't have a clear. They they have a pretty good read internally. I would say. I think they they've formed opinions about all of these players. 
I think it's still been too early for them to worry about that. Uh, just the way the schedule is lined up. We talked about the four tough games prior to the break. Then you have the break. Now it's been every other day. The schedule hasn't been too taxing. Wait till February 27th, essentially. And that that essentially starts locking in load management. February 27th, the Bruins play in Edmonton. 28th, they're playing in Calgary. That's probably a night where they're like, okay, we're going to start load managing. Someone's jumping in the lineup. Someone's jumping out in Calgary then on the Tuesday night. And then they have five other back-to-backs after that. So you, you've got afternoon games through March. And what, what do we got? One, two, three, four, six afternoon games, seven afternoon games. So you're going to see that load management in March. Up until now, you want to keep extending. You want home ice advantage, so you still have to keep extending. You don't want to let that gap get any more than seven points. But I think they're going to start making assessments on guys and, and getting more people like us a Borel in the lineup and get them a little bit playoff ready, if necessary, in the next six weeks. All right. We're off and running here on Sunday Skate. You can join us. Phone number 617 779 7937 and text in 37937. We'll be back with more. We're going to do trade talks, so plenty of that coming up. It's Scott McLaughlin, Andrew Raycroft on Sunday Skate. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market, the official supermarket of the Red Sox Radio Network. The Bruins completed a 6-2 win over the Islanders yesterday with Jake DeBrus scoring in his first game back after missing 17 games. Trent Frederick added two goals and Pasternak added his 300th career assist. The Bruins will play next tomorrow. A 1 p.m. puck drop against the Ottawa Senators on President's Day. Tonight, the NBA All-Star Game tips off in Salt Lake City at 8.30 p.m. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum will represent the Celtics. The Celtics play next in Indy four days from now on Thursday, February 23rd at 7 p.m. I'm Bridget Pru, and that's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com.